Okay, hello everyone. This is Premier Chess CEO, National Master Evan Rabin. I'm very excited to be here on episode 223 of the Premier Chess Podcast, where every single week we interview great chess professionals, business coaches, attorneys, other people who have found their passion in whatever it is that they do. Uh, this week we have a special guest, Roy Strauss, who's the president of Trust Consulting Group, where he helps businesses turn their distribution and manufacturing centers. Uh, into profit centers, uh, reducing inventory costs, reducing labor costs, reducing equipment costs, reducing space, uh, and overall uh, increasing profits. Uh, he's uh, been running his company now, uh, Strauss Consulting Group, for uh, almost 40 years. And uh, yeah, he works with uh, all different types of businesses to be uh, more successful and have uh, a better bottom line. Um, so how's everything going today? Hey, uh, Evan, thank you so much for inviting me. I've been looking forward to uh, this uh, discussion for quite a while now, and I can't wait to share what I have uh, with your viewers. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I met you uh, fairly recently, uh, you know, in, in, in networking, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at my friend Rafi uh, Salem's uh, networking uh, event. Uh, Rafi, of course, is a, a previous podcast guest as, as, as well. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, kind of hearing, uh, you know, what you have to offer. So um, I guess, uh, you know, for one, uh, you know, you, you've worked with, uh, yeah, a lot of different types of businesses over the last, uh, you know, bunch of years. Um, you know, what, what have you learned uh, over time that, uh, you know, will help businesses sort of uh, minimize costs uh, the most? Okay, um, so regarding costs, um, think about this for a second. We're talking about companies that manufacture or distribute products, okay? And uh, for those of you who have gone into their manufacturing or distribution centers, very often you'll find three layers, the beam, the carton, and the dust on top. Hmm. And the dust on top is burning a hole in their pockets like no way you can imagine. Okay. And what's happened over the years is they've bought product that was a mistake and never returned it. They thought it was going to sell more and they bought too much. They went to Vegas and went to the show and went crazy buying the stuff because it was on sale. And whatever their inventory plan was, uh, they ignore the inventory plan if they had one, which mm. they should all have and therefore accumulate this stuff that will be there for many, many years. So what happens, okay? So I go in and I meet with them and I have my formulas I devised many years ago. So regarding product mix, what goes into a product that you can sell profitably and what you can't? And we pop the whole inventory into my model and immediately they see this stuff should not even be in the building. Then we look at what's their optimal inventory goal versus the amount of stuff they have. And we define all the excess stuff. So to give you an example, recently I did work for a company. They had 200,000 square feet in the distribution center and the building was stuffed and they were looking to uh, get more space. And I did my study in less than a day, identified $1.2 million worth of inventory that should not be in the building, okay? And this, what this did is, and again, we don't just say throw it out, whatever. We're experts at helping companies remove it 
as profitably as possible. Experts are getting returns to vendors, uh, putting sales together, et cetera, et cetera. So what happened with this client is his requirement now went down to 150,000 square feet and he didn't have to move. Also, the result is he's going through three quarters of the space, 150,000 instead of 200,000. So he's going through much faster and his service levels are going up. At the same time, less space, space costs go down, less inventory, inventory costs go down. He's going through faster, so labor costs go down. And if he has less people, he needs less equipment, so equipment costs go down. So we did the study in less than a day. And what happened is he, in, um, he increased the service levels phenomenally. This is before we did anything else, like where is the product in the building or did we automate or anything like that? This is just removing stuff from the building. And so his service went up, service levels went up exponentially and his costs went down again, uh, inventory space, staff and equipment. That's Warren Buffett's model. When he's buying a company, he wants to see that they got the best product with the best service at the lowest cost. And the result is our clients continually beat the competition while exponentially uh, reducing their operating costs. And I think there's, you know, definitely a lot of, you know, sort of behind the scenes strategy that, uh, you know, businesses, uh, you know, should, should operate with. Um, you know, I know a lot of business owners like myself that, uh, you know, get, you know, tied up and, uh, you know, sales, uh, you know, I love working with, uh, you know, new businesses. I love working with new schools, uh, individuals that, uh, you know, learning, that enjoy learning business and life lessons through the game. Uh, but, uh, you know, honestly, operations and, uh, you know, cost management is probably not what I'm, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, the, the most. Um, so ha have you seen uh, a lot of, uh, like, business owners be, you know, a little bit uh, reluctant to, um, you know, take time and invest, uh, you know, with someone like yourself to uh, have uh, better operations? Well, well, for the longest time, three years ago, if I, I was, you know, my handle is Supply Chain Roy. And three years ago, I'd be, I'd be meeting people and they go, what's supply chain? Well, after the pandemic, everybody knows what supply chain is. Okay. Hmm. And the pandemic actually made the world realize how important our expertise is. So um, uh, I'd like to go off on a tangent of on what you said, though, about, and this is every company, I don't care if they have product, if it's a law firm or whatever, okay. Uh, especially the privately held companies, but quite a few, uh, quite a few larger companies also, uh, there's something called best practice. Mm. The best way to do every job. So when I walk into a building and I say, well, how do you pick orders here? Um, and well, everybody does it differently. Well, if there's one best way to do it and they have 20 order pickers, 19 aren't doing it the best way. If they have a sales team of 10 people and one person is doing it the best way, nine people aren't doing it the best way. And this is all because operations very often fly by the seat of their pants instead of systemizing, <laughs> systemizing the operation. So if I start from the very beginning, when a purchase order is created on the office side, when the product arrives at the receiving dock on the uh, warehouse and manufacturing side, 
and look at every single thing that happens and change the best practice, um, it's phenomenal, okay? Again, 19 out of 20 people weren't doing it the best way. Nine out of 10 people weren't doing it the best way. So just systemizing on the best practice with brand new company, it's most important that they start off on the right foot and all the companies that can make the difference in their cash flow, uh, whether they stay in business or not. So uh, first thing, again, uh, the, the product mix inventory. Uh, second thing is best practice. And if you would let me go on a little bit, I'd like to also talk about growth, if I may. Because sure. every company should have a growth plan and everybody should have a growth plan that's going to work. So when I visited a company and uh, we, you know, we were going through the um, orientation processes in the start of the project. And I said, well, tell me about your growth plan. And they go, well, we don't have one. Or are we going to grow 10% DF in the next five years? Um, okay. And where did that come from? And invariably, the growth plan is going to come from marketing. Okay. So marketing is creating a growth plan. How in the world does anyone know the chance of success? They haven't consulted with operations. They haven't consulted with different departments in the company to see what their capabilities are to make that growth plan happen. So I, did, I devised this oh, over 40 years ago. It's called an operational growth plan. I was working for a company then, and the president of the company says to me, here's what we're doing. Uh, here's the growth numbers. Take care of it. And uh, I went back to him the next day and I said, you can't do it. And he said, I'm the president of the company. I can do what I want. I said, well, good, then fail. He says, what are you talking about? And I showed him where resources required to make that amount of growth happen in that period of time when that's sufficient for success. So what I do with the clients I work with also is we create operational growth plans together. Uh, we, again, uh, for a tip, it could be for an accounting firm, a, a law firm, whatever, where how many offices will I need with growth? How many computers will I need? How many people will I need? Whatever. But in, in, in the warehousing manufacturing world, how much space will I need at what cost? With what equipment at what cost? With what staffing at what cost? With what IT resources at what cost? And what processes and systems must be in place. So as volume requirements increase through the growth continuum, I'm always going to be successful and be capable of handling that amount of growth. So we define that together and we create the operational growth plan. And uh, when, when we go back to marketing and uh, they say this is what it has to be, they have two choices. They could find the resources to close the gap and make it their plan or they know their plan is gonna fail and the operational plan becomes the plan. So in either case, you either increase the resources to meet the need or you drop the need to meet what the resources are. So now what happens is we have a growth plan. And let's say based on that growth plan to handle increased volume at the third year of growth, you would need some more, you need automation or new software. Until then you could handle it with what you have right now. What we do also is we provide exception reporting, either on demand or uh, on a regular schedule. And what the exception reporting is doing is showing variations off the plan. Am I growing faster? Well, if I'm growing faster, I better start the acquisition process for that automation before three years, because I'm going to outgrow before three years my ability to satisfy customers. Okay, let's say it's starting to slow down. 
well, we're going to see it right away. This is what the growth should be. This is what we're achieving. And my clients are the first ones to slow down spending into a recession. So if you take the combination of growth, inventory, and best practice and systemizing, boy, does that make a difference for every single company we work with and every single company out there has the potential to do it. Um. Yeah, well, and I, I think, uh, you know, look, we're, we're always growing, you know, finding other, you know, business practices and, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, we could be as, as, as profitable, uh, you know, that, that, that we could be. Um, and I think sometimes it takes a, a little bit of, uh, you know, someone uh, to, uh, you know, sort of coach you and, you know, look for, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the blind spots. So um, I do, you know, in, in, in teaching, you know, a lot of the corporate classes that we do at, at Google, Citigroup, other, you know, major corporations, uh, you know, we, we try to talk about uh, a little bit about how, uh, you know, chess actually applies to, you know, everything, everything else. Um, so could you, could you talk a little bit about how you think uh, the strategy that you, uh, work on with, with clients, uh, you know, might relate to chess in some capacity. Oh, for sure. Um, if you look at a master chess player, how many moves in advance have they planned when they make the next move? Well, that's a growth plan. Okay. When you look at the chess player, what is he doing next? Hmm. Well, that's their best practice. If you look at the chess uh, player, will I sacrifice this move, this player to get that player, that's my inventory plan. It, it really matches up quite well, okay? Uh, in fact, uh, if you just step outside the business world, probably many things in your life, okay? Uh, growth, hey, what's gonna be happening and how, how do I look at it? And ha again, how capable am I to handle what's gonna happen in my future? And again, you wanna fill the gaps if you can in your personal life, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that certainly makes uh, a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, my friend and colleague and former podcast guest, uh, Jim Egerton, uh, you know, wrote a book, uh, Business on the Board. And, uh, you know, he talked a lot about uh, similar things, you know, how, uh, you know, operations people, finance people, um, marketers, you know, et cetera, uh, you know, could get better at, uh, you know, what they do, uh, you know, through, through, through chat. So, um, yeah, I think that is uh, important to uh, consider. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, Sorry. I can, if I can throw in one more that uh, I do in my practice that I've done for many, many years, let's talk about hats, okay? Who am I working with? And I put their hat on before I start doing anything. And what are the, from all the, hey, in all the years of my doing this, again, uh, this is my four, finishing my 40th year in my consulting practice. I've helped run companies, run divisions of companies. One of my clients actually had me run his business for six months to improve it. And with many of my clients, I become a trusted advisor after their project is over where they call me at will, whatever, and uh, I help them out. So I, I'm always putting on the hat of the person I'm going to work with, okay? Um, th this, is the, um, this is the chief marketing officer. What could be plaguing him? And again, if I'm giving them the best product with the best uh, service with the lowest cost, we've helped them, okay? The CFO, 
what's plaguing him? All these costs. Well, if he has a, 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 a lower cost for inventory, staff, product, and uh, space, etc., we've helped him. Okay. So we're, I'm always looking at the hat of the person I'm working with, looking at it through their eyes. What are they experiencing? And then how do I relate all my years of experience and what I know and how I can help them? So we're seeing eye to eye basically from day one. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, it's it's just you know great to see uh, you know people uh, you know maximizing uh, you know what 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 they could do um, you know, and and sometimes it takes someone you know coming uh, you know again you know external uh, figuring out uh, you know the things that uh, you know you're you're not the best at and how you could. Uh, you know, leverage, uh, you know, assistance, uh, you know, and my, my friend and, and podcast guest, uh, you know, Sharon Richter, you know, once I actually said on, on our podcast, uh, you know, everyone should have uh, a business coach, right? Uh, everyone should have consultants uh, like yourself uh, to, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, the most uh, financially uh, successful you know, as, 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 as possible. So, um, and I think, uh, you know, how, how you say you, you turn distribution and manufacturing centers into profit centers uh, is an interesting point. You know, uh, often, uh, you know, businesses uh, will be first to let people go that are not, uh, you know, profit uh, people, you know? So um, if you could take, you know, kind of like the back end. Uh, portions of the company and, and make them actually, you know, profitable, um, you know, that's how you're going to be uh, the most successful. So, um, bro, I really wanted to, you know, thank you for, you know, taking some time to come on, talk about cost savings, uh, operations versus sales, uh, some best practices, growth, uh, some additional strategy uh, in chess uh, and business. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add while you're on the podcast? Yeah, from your original question, okay. Very often, we don't get a call from a client until they feel the pain. Mm. Okay. Now, wouldn't it be nice to prevent the pain? Mm. So when I'm out there networking and meeting people, uh, certain sales companies say, make sure they have a project, make sure it's funded, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no, the odds of me meeting someone at a point in time that they have a project for me is needle in a haystack. What's important is I sit down with them. And first of all, if they think they have no problems, just go out there and do an audit for a day and find opportunities like I just talked about and real short study a day or two. And, uh, you know, we turn the business upside down uh, in terms of profit. So uh, so what I'm looking for, just be in front of the potential client and hold my card until you need me. The mm. 2008 recession, we all felt a lot of pain. I had two projects, one from a 1993 card and one from a 1995 card. They finally needed me 13 and 15 years later. But if I didn't make that, uh, if I didn't have that meeting with them 13 or 15 years ago, 2008 would have been quite fallow because nobody was hiring consultants. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and he raised, you know, an interesting point there, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, it's important to be preemptive. Uh, you know, Anatoly Karpov, a former world champion, was famous for, you know, even saying Karpovian, 
right? And a Karpovian move is something that's preemptive, right? You want to be able to, uh, you know, mitigate a risk uh, before it's uh, a bigger risk. So, uh, you know, my friend Leona Krasner, uh, for instance, uh, also has been on the podcast. She's a, you know, divorce attorney. Uh, you know, we're, you know, talking about, uh, you know, yes, it, it is good to be preemptive and get, you know, a, a prenup, right? Someone who's getting married is not, you know, remotely considered, uh, you know, getting, getting divorced, you know, one day, um, you know, but, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, things do happen, you know, at, at, at times and, and yeah, it's good to be, uh, yeah. you know, pre preemptive, uh, you know, in that, and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just an important uh, thing to, uh, you know, consider, uh, you know, so often, um, you know, a chess player might not get a coach, you know, until he actually has like struggles. Sure. Uh, someone might not hire, you know, a divorce attorney, you know, like Leona until they're, you know, unfortunately in a, in a situation where they're getting divorced. Um, but, uh, you know, it's much better to, uh, you know, get help early on, you know, go to a, a therapist, you know, his, yeah, here's an extreme example of what I was talking about. So I'm on a sales call and he says it's October and he wants to move the whole operation in December. So he says, when should we start the project? They said, August, he goes, I can't wait till next year. I said, no, we should have started two months ago. Hmm. Okay. So before he even calls me, he's two months behind. So I worked my fanny off to get him by January. I, I cut a month off what it should have been because he waited so long to call me. Okay. And again, company after company, you know what? We just got a new building. Help us design it. Well, the building is part of the profit center. Uh, what's the shape of the building? Where are the dock doors? Where are the column spacing? Okay. The building is part of the profit center. So if he called me to help him find the right building, instead of the building being part of a profit center, his building became constraint management. Hmm. Okay. So again, you want to always be in a preventative mode instead of a responsive mode, uh, whether it be uh, you, you outgrew your growth plan and you didn't know you would or any of the other things we're talking about. Hmm. Yeah, I think that is, uh, you know, like, like I said, you know, definitely important to consider. And, and yeah, I mean, Sharon Richter, uh, who I mentioned before, you know, also actually once mentioned that, uh, you know, often, uh, you know, businesses, uh, you know, don't actually see a need, uh, you know, to get a coach, you know, until they're troubled. Uh, but, uh, you know, her bread and butter is not, uh, you know, businesses that are already in trouble, uh, but rather businesses that are, you know, thriving, and looking to do, uh, you know, even better, you know? So um, one thing that, you know, I'll also, you know, actually notice in chess a lot is, you know, students will move, you know, very quickly and get to a, a much worse position or sometimes even losing. Uh, and then they'll start spending a lot of time on the clock. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll explain to them, I mean, look, you could have all the time in the world, but if you have a much worse position or losing position, you know, you're, you're going to struggle, uh, you know, to the contrary, if you have a winning position and like almost no time on the clock, then you can move quickly and win most of the time because it's a winning position. Yeah. You know, it's fairly easy. You could simplify, you could, uh, you know, look, a, a winning position is a winning position. Yeah. But there's a reason I could, you know, absolutely camp all summer, you know, 
give students 30 seconds to five minute time off. Mainly uh, you know, yeah. because, you know, again, like it, it gets to a point where I just get a winning position early on. Uh, and then it's all just simplification. Yes, of course, I, I run out of time, uh, you know, some games, uh, of course, but, um, you know, generally it's pretty easy. Why? Because again, I have a, a winning position. Think, so. think of this, okay? If they're headed towards pain and they delay doing anything because they don't feel the pain, they're, they're spending all that time heading towards the pain instead of preventing it to begin with. So if each company would have an expert come in and just do an audit, hey, you're doing a great job. You know what? There's no project and they paid to learn to have it, they're doing a great job. Hey, that's wonderful. That's the best result they could have. But mm. if they're headed towards any pain at all, uh, this, you know, if, if it's a, if it's a one millimeter cavity in your tooth, uh, you don't want to have to have to drill a three millimeter cavity in your tooth or put a cap on. It's preventing the pain and that's what we do. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, thank you so much, you know, for your time, Roy, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, great, you know, kind of quick words of, of wisdom about business and strategy. Um, if anyone wants to, you know, learn more about your practices, uh, you know, maybe, you know, running a business and wants to be, uh, you know, a little bit more cost effective, uh, how, how can people get a hold of you? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, uh, my website, is loaded with all the information we talked at and i have some fantastic blogs like buying from a poor power position or how do i acquire new software how do i get a public warehouse etc so the website is www s is in strauss c is in consulting g is in group and the number four in the letter u so that's www.scg for you.com. Okay. And you'll find my phone number there. But if you would like me to reach, like to reach me directly, my cell is 201 400 1501. Again, 201 1501. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And definitely recommend, uh, you know, people reach out, uh, you know, also your. As you said, your, your website and blog is uh, definitely a source of knowledge. So uh, well, yeah. time and look forward to being in touch soon. Yeah, Evan, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate the opportunity to share this time with you. Really enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, can't wait to follow up with you also. My sincere pleasure. Bye. Okay, be safe now.